Alright, so welcome to Torah Studies. This is our Hanukkah class. We have a very interesting conversation tonight about Hanukkah. And if you think you know the story of Hanukkah, well, <laughs> there's going to be a surprise for you tonight because we are going to explore a few different sides of the Hanukkah story. So, you know what, let's, let's do it this way, right off the bat. I'm going to ask you a question, and the question is going to be a super basic one. Why do we celebrate Hanukkah? I know it sounds almost too easy, as if I'm setting you up for a trap, but would I do that? Come on. Yes. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. However, the question still stands. Why do we celebrate Hanukkah? There is no wrong answer, except for the one that walks you right into that hole. No, um, there is no wrong answer. Why, why Hanukkah? What's you want your... a Talmudic answer, or do you uh, want a real answer? <laughs> I'm looking for all of the above. Give me all the answers you got. Because supposedly the Maccabees defeated the, the Greek Assyrians. Okay. And, and, uh, and the temple was uh, desecrated, and there was no oil. And the oil, right, the oil, uh, there was only one pot of oil. And it lasted eight days. And so we light eight candles. That's the Talmudic answer. That's the Talmudic answer. Okay, good. Okay, good. All right, let's get some other, let's get some other reasons why. Why do, we, why do we celebrate Hanukkah? What else? Yes, Adina Malka. Where can I read the text? I know the story. I can, everybody can tell you the story about the Maccabees and the, the miracle of the, you know, light. Where can I actually read the story? Where is the text? I don't know where to find it. We're going to have the text tonight. The text is in the Talmud, and we are going to have the text. Okay, good. But again, my question on the table, that's your question, Adina Malka, which is good, because I, I like answering your questions also. But my question, let's get back to my question. My question was, why Hanukkah? So Chazan Ben said... The oil, the miracle. Good. All right. Good. 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 Right. That's it. Okay. Good. So we have the miracle of the oil. Okay. But what else? Hold on. I see in the chat. How about rededication of ourselves? I like that. That works. I like that. Joy. Well, the the other answer is that 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 they didn't because they were guerrilla fighters. And by the way, in 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 West Point. At West Point, uh, in the chapel of West Point, there is a statue of Judah the Maccabee because nice. uh, they, they give him credit for being the first guerrilla fighter uh, in history. That's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah, but because they didn't get to celebrate Sukkot, so that's the other answer. Ah, celebrate Sukkot. I like that. So Sukkot, including Shemini Yatzeret, of course, is eight days. And so they celebrated late because they were fighting for their lives and for the Jewish people. And it was, that's another, <coughs> another I like that. Place. I like that. Good. All right. Good. Joy, go ahead. Hold on one second. Joy, go ahead. So for me, it's a reminder that I am to be here as a light and a representative of Hashem to bring more light into the world. I love it. I love it. Good. Excellent. 
Bev writes in the comments, one second, let me just read the comments. Bev wrote in the comments to remind us that not by might and not by power, but by Hashem. That's the focusing on the military, I would say probably like the military victory, right? It wasn't necessarily the... Everything. The, everything. everything, the whole thing. Good, I like it. Sorry, you had something. Yeah. Hold on one second. Yeah. Bev, go ahead. And also to um, hope in the darkness. I like it. Excellent. Beautiful. All right, Sarah Carter, go ahead. Well, I think the word Hanukkah is related to Hinnah. So, since I'm so interested in Hinnah, yes. it's also uh, reminding us to do our very best to have a pure Hinnah for everybody. I love it. I love it. Education and dedication. Good, good. And remind me, if I don't tell, say this in, in, the, in the class itself, please remind me to circle back to the Chinuch theme, education and dedication. If I don't get to it in the class, please remind me right after the class because I want to share something along those lines. We'll see if we can tie it in, though. Donna, go ahead. The Greeks didn't want us to observe our traditions and couldn't believe that we wanted to do that. And so they tried to destroy all of that. And if they couldn't, and we proclaim our spiritual victory and always bring that light. Beautiful. Beautiful. Very well said. Very well said. Excellent. So what we find here with Hanukkah is that Hanukkah has so many themes and really beautiful themes and Jewish themes, they're universal themes, they're human themes, they're spiritual, they're physical, right? We have the spectrum of ideas from dedication of self and focus on God, right? We have focus on God, dedication of self. We have Guerrilla warfare, I mean, we have so many different themes and they're all so beautiful. I want to share with you in today's class a few primary rationales for Hanukkah stated by the early sages, known as the Rishonim. What that means, halachically, the ramifications of it, well, there will be a dispute, as we'll discover. There's a dispute amongst the sages as to why we celebrate Hanukkah, which then dictates another dispute as to how we observe Hanukkah, because based on why we're doing it, might dictate how we do what we're doing. Does that make sense, right? The reason why you're doing something could very well influence how you do that thing, you know, based on your rationale, and then we're going to come to an incredible life lesson. So, again, to map this out, we're going to explore the theory of Hanukkah, or the rationale of Hanukkah, why Hanukkah, We'll then talk about the practical ramifications of why Hanukkah, and then we're going to get to some personal growth ideas. And I'm going to try to integrate all of the wonderful ideas that you all shared, that we all shared in the last few minutes. All right, so the, fir- the first place we're going to start is where Chaz and Ben started, and that is in the Talmud, because the Talmud is the first documented, Jewish documented document um, in Torah. Uh, texts about Hanukkah first, and this answers Adina Malka's question, where do you see the story of Hanukkah? Where is it from? We know the story, but who, where is it written? It's the Talmud. And if you want to, if you want to, sorry? I felt like I couldn't answer your question because I haven't been able to read it completely. Tonight, all of that changes because tonight we're going to read it from the source. In fact, you know what, Adina Malka, because it's your question, so here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to give you the opportunity to, um, to read this text. This is going to be text number one. I am going to share my screen with you. Give me a moment, please, as I pull up the file. 
Here it is. Okay, I hope you can all see that. And you know, you can even see the source. Text one, Talmud, Tractate, Shabbat, 21b. So if you want to find, if you want to have it for reference after class, just Google Talmud, Tractate, Shabbat, 21b. Scroll down a little bit on that page, wherever, whatever, wherever you get to it, and you'll see this. All right, but you know what, Adina Malka? Go ahead and take it away, please. What is Hanukkah? The sages taught on the 25th of Kislev, there are eight days of Hanukkah. One may not eulogize on them, and one may not fast on them. Because when the Greeks entered the sanctuary, they defiled all the oil that was in the sanctuary. When the Hasmonean monarchy overcame them and emerged victorious, they searched and found only one jug of oil with the high priest's seal remaining. There was sufficient oil there to light the menorah for only one day. A miracle occurred, and they lit from the one jug for eight days. The next year, the sages instituted those days and made them holidays with a recitation of Hillel and special Thanksgiving. Okay, so thank you. Thank you for reading that. And that's probably the story that you're familiar with, right? Yeah, is that the story that we all know, more or less? Yeah. So, all right. So, again, the, the Talmud starts off by saying the, the holiday takes place on the 25th day. Can I highlight this? I cannot. Okay. The, the holiday takes place on the 25th of Kislev. There are eight days to the holiday. You can't eulogize. You can't fast in them. They're holidays. Why? Because the Greeks, defilement, Hasmonians, the Maccabees, victory, oil, light, eight days, miracle, Mazel tov. Okay, that's it. That's your story. Okay, fine. Notice one thing. Notice how the Talmud glosses over the military victory. Did you notice that? Notice how the Talmud like almost poo-poos the idea that there was this guerrilla warfare, that there was this, these great battles that occurred. Look what it says. It says, the Greeks, when the Greeks entered the sanctuary, they defiled all the oil. And then when the Hasmonean monarchy overcame them and emerged victorious, it almost sounds like they came, they, came in, they came in one day, they said, oh, where's your oil? And then the, the Jews said, ah, get out of here, and they kicked them out. That's how it sounds. There's no, there's no drama, there's no setting the stage for how difficult it was, how bloody it was, the, 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 the guerrilla warfare, the, the warf warfare from the caves, nothing, no mention. So, you might think, you might think that uh, maybe the Talmud is not really talking about like what is Hanukkah, but maybe something like why do we light the menorah? Maybe that's the question. Not what is Hanukkah, but like why do we light the menorah? And for that, the answer is that it's about the oil and, 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 the, and the lights. But that's not what Rashi says. And, and I hope you're following what I'm saying here. What I'm pointing out here is that the Talmud is really focusing on one aspect of the Hanukkah story, which is the miracle of the oil lasting for eight days. And, and Rashi says it's not a typo. Take a look at text 1b. Adina Malka, read this one as well because it's Rashi on the Talmud piece that you read. What is Hanukkah? Meaning, on account of which miracle did they establish the holiday? Check that out. What Rashi is saying very powerfully, well, also succinctly, what he's saying is, al-eza nes kavua. 
On which miracle, what, for what miracle did they establish the holiday? And the answer is the miracle of the oil. In other words, Rashi is saying clearly, as clear as day, black and white, Rashi is saying that the intention of the Talmud is to establish why are we celebrating Hanukkah? Not why do we light the menorah, but why Hanukkah as a holiday? And to that, the Talmud answers because of the oil. And what doesn't it say? It doesn't talk about what other miracle? The miracle of? Help me out here. Finish my sentence, please. The victory, military victory. Exactly. In other words, we have two major miracles here. There, there were more than two, but we're going to focus on two today. There were two major miracles. Number one, the military victory. Number two, the miraculous finding of the oil. According to Rashi, the Talmud asks, My Hanukkah, why do we have a holiday? And the answer, according to, according to the Talmud, the answer to the question, as understood through the lens of Rashi, is because of, the, because of the, the miracle of the oil. But you need to know this, that not all of the Rishonim, not all of the early, early scholars agree with this position. In fact, none other than Rambam, you know Rambam, right? Maimonides. None other than Rambam. Maimonides says, not so fast. You cannot gloss over the military victory. It is an inherent, essential, important piece of the Hanukkah story and the Hanukkah experience. I'm going to share my screen with you and let's learn some Rambam. Let's learn some Maimonides. Maimonidean thought. This is coming not from the philosophy of Rambam, but from his halachic works, from his laws, from his works of Jewish law, his Mishnah Torah. So Mishnah Torah, 14 volumes of Jewish law, the first type of compendium of Jewish law of its kind. The Talmud has all the laws, but they're a little bit all over the place. Maimonides organized and, and extracted from the Talmud, from Talmudic debate, the final halacha, the final law, incredibly written and incredibly concise. 14 volumes of Jewish law. Take a look at text 2a. So here's, look at the type, look at the, look at the source. Maimonides, Mishnah Torah, laws of Megillah and Hanukkah. It's the laws of basically Purim and Hanukkah. Chapter 3, look how the laws of Hanukkah begin. Let's ask um, Donna, please read. Yes, Donna, please read text 2a. Rambam. In the Second Temple era, the Greek kingdom issued decrees against the Jewish people, attempting to nullify their faith and refusing to allow them to observe the Torah and its commandments. They extended their hands against their property and their daughters. They entered the sanctuary, wrought havoc within, and made the sacred impure. The Jews suffered great difficulties, for they oppressed them greatly until the God of our ancestors had mercy upon them, delivered them from their hand, and saved them. The sons of the Hasmoneans, the high priests, overcame, slew them, and saved the Jews from their hand. They appointed a king from the priests, and sovereignty returned to Israel for more than 200 years until the destruction of the Second Temple. So you see how Maimonides sets up the story of Hanukkah, or sets up the, the, the holiday of Hanukkah? He starts off, and, and I, I have to go back to the source. This is Rambam, Mishnah Torah, the Laws of Megillah and Hanukkah, chapter 3, uh, um, halacha 1. This is the first, the first halacha, first law of this chapter. So, what, and, and what does it say? It's not a history book. It's a law book. 
but he's setting up the law. So he says, number one, here's what you need to know. The Syrian Greeks, they were messing around. They were extending their hand against our faith. They were extending their hand against our property. They were extending their hand against our daughters. They were defiling the temple, defiling the sanctuary, making the pure impure. They were causing lots of problems until the Hasmoneans overcame them, slew them, and returned sovereignty to the Jewish people. And so it was for 200 years. Now, continue, Donna. There's going to be three readings here. That was A. Look at reading B, which represents halacha number two of the same chapter. Please continue. Donna, don't forget to unmute. When the Jews overcame their enemies and destroyed them, they entered the sanctuary. This was on the 25th of Kislev. They could not find any pure oil in the sanctuary except for a single jug. It contained enough oil to burn for merely one day. They lit the arrangement of candles from it for, for eight days until they could crush olives and produce pure oil. Perfect. So this sounds like the Talmud, right? But you know the difference? The difference is that the Talmud didn't have that first part. The Talmud didn't talk about the whole story of the, of the you know, the... The Greeks and the fighting and the war and the Jews. And here it's written. Here it's written out in Rambam, but in, in the Talmud it just says, it just glosses over it. Now take a look at the final text from the section that we're studying from Rambam. This is halacha number three. And here Rambam puts A or one and two together in, in, in three. You'll see what I mean in a second. All right, take it away, Donna. Accordingly, the sages of that generation ordained that these eight days which begin from the 25th of Kislev, should be commemorated to be days of happiness and praise of God. Candles should be lit in the evening at the entrance to the houses on each and every one of these nights to publicize and reveal the miracle. These days are called Hanukkah. It is forbidden to eulogize and fast on them as on the days of Purim. Lighting the candles on these days is a rabbinic mitzvah, like the reading of the Megillah. Perfect. So what Rambam says in, in Halacha number 3, in his third section of this chapter, he says, accordingly, in other words, based on everything that we just told you about the Hanukkah story, that's why the sages established a holiday, an eight-day holiday from the 25th of Kislev to be commemorated as half days of happiness and praise. Okay, that's what Rambam says. In other words, based on point one, military victory, and point two, oil victory. Therefore, point three, it's a holiday. Again, I'm going to stop sharing so I can see you all. Again, three points. Point one, military victory. Point two, and reclaiming sovereignty, right? Military victory, reclaiming sovereignty, etc. Driving out the Greeks. Point two, oil, menorah, miracle of the oil. Therefore, point three, we have an eight-day holiday. Rambam clearly says that the holiday of Hanukkah is celebrated due to both points. Because if it wasn't due to both points, he wouldn't have included the first halacha. He would have just said from the beginning, he would have just said from the beginning, the reason for Hanukkah is because of the miracle of the oil, like the Talmud says. The fact that he has the first halacha, which talks about the military stuff, and the Greeks and how the Jews, they threw them out and they regained their sovereignty. The fact that he mentions that means that that's part and parcel of the energy of the holiday. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yes? Okay. So again, 
What we have so far is a tale of two Rishonim, two early sages. The Talmud, talks about, the Talmud only talks about the oil. But Rashi is the one who says that what the Talmud is referring to is, why Hanukkah? What's the, why is it, what is it established? Not why do we light the menorah, but why was the whole holiday established? And Rashi says, the Talmud is saying, just for the mitzvah of the oil. And Rambam says, no. It's for the oil and the military victory. And I, I feel like I just need to explain for a second what's going on here. There's two different things that happened. Completely different things that happened. Number one, the Jews repelled the Syrian Greeks. They got rid of them. They drove them out. They reclaimed the temple. They got back their sanctuary. That's, that's, that's in and of itself a holiday. And then you have another element when they were looking to light the menorah. They couldn't find oil. They only found one jug for one day and it lasted for eight days. Are you with me on how that's two totally separate things? Two totally separate realities, right? One is this big military victory and the other one is after the victory was over, they were looking to light the menorah and, and then another miracle happened. Completely different deals. The question is on the table is, okay, so what's this holiday about? Miracle one or miracle two? According to Rashi, it's miracle two. According to Rambam, it's one and two. Yes? Okay. I'm, I'm going to pause for a second for questions now, but before I do that, I just want to tell you where I'm headed with this. I'm not going to go there yet. I just want to give you a quick preview of where I'm headed with this. At this point, in a moment, I will ask three questions. Because now that we understand that there's a different, two different ways of looking at why we have Hanukkah, so now we can ask some interesting questions. I'm going to ask three questions, which will then launch us into a discussion that will get us into the heart of Hanukkah and hopefully into our own hearts. But first, let's have a bit of a schmooze. Chazen. So, so to me, it seems like the rabbis are very annoyed. Rabbis of the Talmud are very annoyed because, you know, the section in, in Shabbat, um, it, it first talks about Shabbat candles and lighting, and then all of a sudden they go into this my Hanukkah. It's like, what is this Hanukkah thing? You know, like they're it, it almost from the language to me, it appears that they're annoyed with this whole thing, right? They don't really want to deal with it. Okay, it, it's yeah, and I'm and, 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 um, you know having read extensively on this subject. Uh, and you may not like, you know, what I'm what I'm going to be talking about. There is a um, previous to the to the Talmud. There was a um, there was a, a sort of like a calendar almanac, which is which was called Megillat Ta'anit, which is not the Talmud version of Ta'anit. Okay, it's a separate document which at the time of the turn of the century, like about the year one, I think, I don't have the facts in front of me because I've taught this, but, but at the time, um, they were trying to convince Jews to celebrate Hanukkah. And so Megillah Ta'ani points to the fact that, that it doesn't even mention the miracle of the oil at all. But it does talk about them not being able to celebrate Sukkot 
and it turns the whole the whole discussion into this thing about that they weren't able to celebrate Sukkot, and so and eight. If you look at Sukkot and Shemini Yatzeret, it's eight days, and 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 it also refers to the fact that they celebrated with palm fronds and when they entered the sanctuary and and all of this. But of course, the the reason that um, that we talk about the, they even talk about the candles and we like candles and it took a while to convince all the Jews to do this. Didn't it didn't happen instantly? Um, it, I mean that makes sense. You can't get you can't get Jews um, you can't get Jews uh, on board for anything. Jews three opinions. Yeah. You know how do you do that? Well, you do that by Kedela Farsemet Hanes. And, and, and what you do is, is you, you, you publicize the miracle. And, of course, look at the times. We were totally defeated by all the forces around us. What is there? You know, you can't, you can't cling to a military victory because, historically, we, we weren't able to win, you know, uh, victories at the time. Even with miracles, we still, we have that up. Look at Look at the, the Maccabees, the, 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 the whole line. I'm sorry for taking so much time. Yeah, you know what, Kazan, we have to, because there's a lot to get to, so I think you're making your, I, I got your point. Your point is, your point is. Just one other thing. But Kazan, you got you to keep it really quick because we have mamash a lot of material to get to. If you look at the line of the Maccabees who were Kohanim pre, uh, kings, which, which we've always objected to because we've wanted uh, always to separate uh, kings from the religion, um, uh, and that's another discussion. But they all had Greek names for their own. Okay, even Herkinos, you know, in, in a history. Right. So you're saying the rabbis weren't happy with the the rabbis weren't happy with the Hasmoneans, so they 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 didn't want to give them a lot of face time. Okay, good. I hear you. So what, what, what Chazan Ben is saying, I'm going to summarize. So what you're saying is that the reason why the Talmud doesn't have a Masechta tractate on Hanukkah, the reason why it's included just in Shabbat, the reason why it maybe just mentions the, 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 the candles and the oil and it doesn't mention it doesn't mention the military victories because the rabbis were, number one, not thinking that a military a sovereignty um, celebration was sustainable post post-destruction of the temple and loss of sovereignty altogether, number one. And number two, they weren't happy necessarily with the Hasmoneans who became uh, a little bit more secularized and, 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 and ultimately ended in maybe not such a positive place. Both, both, well, both, well, both good points and well-grounded. But again, I want to get back to the, the Machloket, what we have here, a dispute between Rashi and Rambam, where Rashi is explaining the Gemara to say that the exclusive reason for Hanukkah is because of the oil, whereas Rambam says, no, it's two things. We have the military victory and the oil. So my, here are my three questions. Question number one. Question number one is, yeah, question number one is, how can Maimonides say that the mitzvah, that the, that the holiday of Hanukkah is celebrating both a military victory and the oil, and the oil, uh, the oil miracle, if the Talmud says pretty much exclusively that it's the oil. In other words, how can Rambam, Maimonides, disagree with the Talmud? The Talmud predates the Maimonides by centuries, and it's an authoritative source. 
And Maimonides is a commentary or a reshone that's coming way after the Talmud. Maimonides and, and, and cannot disagree with the Talmud. Maimonides himself, and, and why do I say he can't? And he, and it's free choice, right? You can do whatever you want. But Maimonides himself writes that halachically you cannot disagree with the Talmud. So how can Maimonides in his own book of law go against his own framework for the rules? The Talmud says, my Hanukkah, why Hanukkah? Because of the oil. And Rambam says, no, military victory plus oil equals Hanukkah. He adds another ingredient. How can Rambam, how can Maimonides go against the Talmud? Question number one. Question number two. How can the Talmud omit the military victory? And Chazan Ben just gave a few answers. But let's ask the question anyway. How could the Talmud, if it's giving us an authoritative perspective of Hanukkah, how can it completely gloss over the military victory? And again, yeah, maybe at that point they were unhappy with the way things unfolded, fine. But to completely, over, to completely gloss over it and just say, yeah, when the Jews got back after a little scuffle, they found oil, but it was only enough to last for one day and it was a miracle. To completely gloss over the military part seems like an omission of a pretty important piece of the story. So again, we're going to ask the question, how does the Talmud leave out a big chunk of Hanukkah? That's the second question. Question number three is, what's the difference what it, practically speaking, in, in halachic terms, we would call this the nafkamina, la halacha. What is the practical difference on the ground between these two perspectives of Hanukkah, Rashi's and Rambam's? Rashi's and Maimonides. What's the difference? Whether the Hanukkah is established only because of the oil or because of the military victory plus the oil. What's the difference with how you, is, does it affect our observance of it on the ground? I mean, either way, we still have a holiday. Either, either way, we're still eating latkes. Either way, we're still spinning a dreidel. So does it really matter why it was made? It is. So let's celebrate. So again, my three questions, we're going to summarize them, say them one more time, and then we're going to jump into some perspective. All right, again, question number one. How can Rambam, Maimonides, disagree with the Talmud? The Talmud only mentions the oil. How can he add an ingredient? Number two, how can the Talmud omit that ingredient? We're asking it both ways. Right, Maimonides, how does he go against the Talmud? But on the Talmud itself, why does it omit the military victory? Second question. Question number three is, so what's, and what's the difference? Whether the, the holiday was established just for the oil miracle or for the military victory miracle and the oil miracle who cares it's the same holiday let's let's deal with questions make sense yes yes all right let's jump into an answer to the third question what's the difference and now i want to ask you a question tell me please how i'm going to ask you let's switch gears for a second i'm going to ask you about a different holiday how do we celebrate the holiday of purim how do we celebrate the holiday of Purim? What are the mitzvot of the holiday of Purim? It's coming up in a few months. Set your calendars, right? How do we do it? What do we do on Purim? There are four mitzvot. Number one. Megillah. Megillah. Shalach Manas. giving gifts to friends. Feast. Feast. And money to the poor. Excellent. So those are your four mitzvot. Let me say them again. Number one is we listen to the Megillah. Down. Number two is we give um, gifts of food to, uh, to friends. Number three is we give gifts. Sorry, we give um, gifts. Yeah, gifts to the poor. Okay, so those are three. What's the last? I'm going out of order. Then, then, then you said it. But what's the last one? 
we have a festive meal. So listen to this. A su'udat mitzvah, a mitzvah meal on Purim. That's one of the four mitzvot on Purim is to have a meal. Just like it's a mitzvah on Shabbat to have a meal, and it's a mitzvah on, 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 on biblical holidays to have a meal, it's not just, oh, you're having a celebration, yeah, you're also going to eat. No, 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 no. The, the meal itself is a mitzvah. Are you with me on this? The meal itself, like Passover, it's not just, oh, let's eat, we're all together anyway. No, 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 no. The meal itself is a mitzvah. On Rosh Hashanah. There's one. There's one more. Adlo Yadah. Exactly. Right. L'chaim. So, right, what we have here is, again, for mitzvot, the last one in the order that I'm sharing is having a meal, having a feast. Now I'm going to ask about Purim. Uh, sorry, about Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Here's the question. Is there a mitzvah to have a meal on Hanukkah? No. It doesn't seem like it, right? It doesn't seem like it. But wouldn't you know it? The answer to the question that I just asked hinges on why the holiday was established. You ready for this? Again, I'm going to say that one more time. The answer to my question about are we obligated to have a meal on Hanukkah, is it a mitzvah to have a meal on Hanukkah, hinges on why Hanukkah was established. And the machloket, the, 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 the dispute between Rambam, Rashi and Rambam. Here we go. Here we go. Buckle up, folks. Let's get into some analysis. If you say, if you say that the holiday was established for the miracle of oil, then understand what that means. Forget the victory. Forget the Syrian Greeks. Forget it. They walk into the temple, they're looking to light the menorah, they're looking for oil. And there's no oil. They found one jar, only for one day. It lasted eight days. Now let's eat? Why? Are you with me on my question? You don't establish a meal because you found oil. Are you with me on what I just said? If the holiday is established like Rashi says, like the Talmud says, according to Rashi, because of the oil miracle. Yeah, so don't have a meal. What should you do? Light a menorah. Are you with me? If the, if the, if the holiday is established because of the miracle of the oil, so light your menorah for eight days. Celebrate the oil. Celebrate the miracle. By the way, oil is spiritual. Light, fire, spiritual, ethereal, non-tangible, Right? And, it's, and, and what was the miracle? In which context was the miracle? So that we could do a mitzvah, right? What did they want to do? They wanted to light the menorah. That's not eating and drinking. Lighting the menorah is doing a mitzvah. They almost weren't able to do the mitzvah because they didn't have enough oil to do the mitzvah, but God allowed them to do the mitzvah. So how do you celebrate that? By doing a mitzvah. Lighting the menorah, right? Singing God's praises. Sitting down and fressing brisket. Why? What does brisket have to do with oil and lights and mitzvahs? Are you with me on what I just said? But if you say like Rambam, that the miracle, sorry, that, the, that, the, that Hanukkah is twofold. Number one, military victory. They threatened the Jewish people. They had their hands on our faith and their hands on our daughters and their hands on our temple. And they were defiling and destroying and threatening us physically. 
and we finally repelled them and pushed them out, and that itself is a miracle to celebrate. If that's the case, they wanted to kill us. We won. What's the end of that statement? Let's eat. That's how it works. They wanted to kill us. We won. Let's eat. We couldn't find oil. We found oil. Let's light the menorah. There's no eating after that. There's no reading, right? The, so if your holiday is established, if Hanukkah is established just for the oil, great. It's a spiritual holiday. If it's established for the oil plus the physical military miracle and victory, yeah, let's sit down and eat. Are you with me on what I just said? In other words, my question to you, so on Hanukkah, do we have a festive meal? And pretty much everyone said, not really. I mean, we have lack of parties, but that's not like a sudat mitzvah where you wash and, and you invite. It's, it's not like a formal party, for, a formal meal, sorry. You have a formal party, but it's not a formal meal, like a yamtif meal. Even Purim has a formal suuda. You have to eat a meal with washing and with bread and everything. It's not the same on, on Hanukkah. And, 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 but what does that hinge on? Why the mitzvah? Why the holiday? was established. Now, but don't take my word for this. Um, take a look. Let's do some text inside. This is very important. We're going to start with a tour. The tour, not T-O-U-R. We're not taking a tour. We're ta- oh, we are. We're taking a tour of the tour. Take a look. I'm going to share my screen with you. Let's jump in right now to text 3A. All right, text 3A. I love this one. To eat or not to eat? That, my friends, is the question. By the way, the answer is to eat. But hold on. Let's, uh, let's, let's get into the text over here. I'm going to read some text. All right, here we go. Rabbi Mayer of Rothenburg would say that the many feasts some stage during the days of Hanukkah are only optional. By the way, no one says that you can't have parties and food on Hanukkah. Of course you can and you do. But is it, a, is it an obligation? Is it a mitzvah? So Rameir of Rottenberg says it's only optional. There is no mitzvah. Look at this. There is no mitzvah to serve a special Hanukkah meal since, why? Since the holiday was not established as one of feasting and drinking, but rather one of thanksgiving and praise alone. It's not a physical feasting and drinking holiday. It's thanking Hashem and lighting the menorah. That's what it is. That's according to Rameir of Rottenberg. However, the Torah himself says, I disagree. Okay, text 3b. Next, it's from the same author, the Torah. He says, oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 this is the Bach. This is one of the commentaries on the Torah. I'm sorry. The Bach says like this, as a matter of law, I tend to disagree with Rabbi Meir of Rottenberg. In halachic language, we always say Rottenberg. Rottenberg. Inasmuch, as the custom of eating festive meals on Hanukkah is already widespread and has been supported by the great rabbis of previous generations. So the, the, the Bach, Rabbi Yol Circus, the Bach Hadash, the Bach says, I disagree. Why? Because everyone does it. We all have festive meals on Hanukkah. And it's widespread and it's been supported by the great rabbis of prior generations. The Maharshal also writes, listen to this. That the Rambam, Maimonides, implies as such by describing Hanukkah as being days of joy. I'm going to get back to this in a second. Rabbi Shalom of Austria writes explicitly that, quote, on Hanukkah one should be joyous and partake in festive meals. I must 
must, must show you what he's quoting from Rambam. You might have noticed it before. In text 2C, the third, the third halacha of Rambam, where he talked about the holiday being ordained, take a look at what he writes. Accordingly, I'm going to start again from the beginning. Accordingly, the sage of that generation ordained that these eight days, which begin from the 25th of Kislev, should be commemorated to be days of what? Happiness and praise. If you look in the Hebrew, simcha v'halel. Simcha v'halel. Joy or happiness and praise. According to the commentaries on Rambam, what Rambam is saying is two separate things. Happiness means a festive meal. And praise is the spiritual stuff. That's saying, saying Hallel, praise of God, and lighting your menorah. That's all the spiritual stuff. But what's happiness? Simcha. How are you happy without eating? Right? You've, to be happy, you have a suda, you have a meal. So again, 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 I want to be very clear here. What we have here is a machloket, a dispute about the question that I asked you. Are you supposed to have a festive meal on Hanukkah? Some halakhic authorities say no. I mean, you could eat. <laughs> eat, fine, knock yourself out. But is it an obligation? So some say no, and some say yes. What's that based on? The same dispute that I cited before. Why was Hanukkah established in the first place? According to those who say that the holiday was established because of the oil uh, uh, miracle. Oil? Wonderful. Thank God we found the oil. Thank God it lasted for eight days. Hashem, we love you. We're going to light a menorah to commemorate. We're going to now sit down for a meal. Why? It's about oil and light and menorah and, and, and mitzvahs. According to the other opinion, Rambam, Rambam who says that you have, a, that, you, that we establish Hanukkah both for the oil victory, but, but, oil miracle, but also for the physical repelling of the Syrian Greeks who wanted to kill us and destroy our religion, etc. Oh, they wanted to kill us. We won. Let's see. It's an obligation to eat. Again, in halacha, there's a big nafkamina, a big difference, bottom line difference between Rashi and Rambam. According to Rashi, you would not be obligated for a festive meal. According to Rambam, you would be obligated to eat a festive meal on Hanukkah. Now, what do we do practically speaking? What's the halacha? What do we do practically speaking? I'm glad you asked. Let's go back to the text. Let's, uh, let's, let's go back and see what we actually do. I mean, you probably know what we do because we do it, but let's take a look. Whoops, too far. Let's take a look at the Ramah. Ramah is like the, the authority for Ashkenazic uh, jury and halacha. All right, here's what the Ramah writes, text number four. He says, look at this. The many meals which we add on these days of Hanukkah are voluntary meals, since the sages did not establish them as days of feasting and joy. So, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is the, the, the Mechaber. The author of says, the author of Kor Jushlah says, um, they're voluntary meals. They're not days of feasting and joy. Ramah says, in, in his commentary, his glosses, as they call it, some say that there is somewhat of a mitzvah to add meals. I love it. So what's the authoritative discussion? What's the authoritative decision, sorry? No, no, no obligation, but, some, but perhaps it might be. Somewhat of a mitzvah. I love it. He's like hedging the bet. Some say there's somewhat of a mitzvah to add meals because the altar was rededicated during those days. The prevailing, so what should we do? The prevailing custom 
is to recite hymns and songs of praise during these Hanukkah feasts, and then there are, in any case, considered mitzvah meals. In other words, combine the two. At your meal, say some hallel, say some praises while you're eating your meal. All right, it's a hybrid, it's a challenge. But the point is like this. The point is, we have two traditions for why the holiday was established. And because of those two traditions, we have two traditions about whether you're supposed to have a meal or not. According to the tradition that it's about the oil, celebrate spiritually. According to the tradition that it's also about the physical victory, indulge the body as well. Make sense? Good. Yes? I'm getting some nods. All right, good. Fine. So that's the third question. Now let's circle back to some of the other questions and then I'm going to wallop you with a, with a lesson, a life lesson that's going to knock your socks off. But soon, soon, soon. So now the question is on Rambam. How can Rambam... So now we know that the two differences of opinion have an effect practically whether you're supposed to have a meal or not. Okay, so it's, it's not a philosophical, theoretical conversation because again, you could say, who cares? We have, we have Hanukkah. What, who cares why? We have the holiday, right? It's important. Because based on why is, determines whether or not you're supposed to have a meal. So it, it's, it, it has an effect practically. You have to know why. Okay. Subject for dispute. But now let's get back to our other questions. Rambam says, talks about the military victory. But the Talmud didn't. So what's going on? How does Maimonides disagree with the Talmud? So here's the answer. You could say like this. You could say that Rambam was not disagreeing with the Talmud. When the Talmud asks, my Hanukkah, why Hanukkah? The Talmud's not asking why was the holiday established. The Talmud is asking this question. Listen carefully. Why is Hanukkah Manashtana? Why is Hanukkah different, different than Purim? Purim is one day. How many days is Hanukkah? Eight days. Lama, same story, right? Decree, the enemy, we pushed them back, and that's it. So why, why, so Rambam would learn the Talmud, the Talmud's asking not my Hanukkah, not why is there at all Hanukkah, that we know because of the victory. The question is, why is it eight days when you celebrate victories with one day, like Purim? The rabbinic holiday of Purim is one day. So why is Hanukkah suddenly expanded to be eight days? So once I, I heard, no, I, so we have that, but fine. But we're le learning a, 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 another angle on this. So what? So how would Rambam learn? How would Rambam learn the Talmud? Rambam would say that the Talmud's answering why eight days and not one day. Eight days because the menorah lasted, the oil lasted for eight days. But fundamentally, the Talmud is not negating the fact that there was a military victory. In fact, the Talmud knows very well that there was a military victory. And the Talmud knows that because of that military victory, it's Kedai, it's worthwhile. You need to make a holiday. So again, this is how Maimonides studies Talmud, according to the way I'm... Not, it's, not the only, it's not the only way to understand this entire discussion, but this is the way that I'm presenting it to you tonight. Rambam, Maimonides, when he's studying Talmud, Tractate Shabbat, 21b, he, he's learning the following... The Talmud knew about the military victory. They knew about the Greeks. They knew about the Jews. They knew about the Maccabees. They knew about the Hasmoneans, obviously. So the fact that there's a holiday of Hanukkah makes sense. There's Purim and there's Hanukkah. But the question that the Talmud is asking is, my Hanukkah, why is it eight days? To that, the Talmud answers, eight days, military victory plus oil that lasted for eight days. That's why Rambam, in his commentary, sorry, in his book of law, Rambam says, 
in this explaining Hanukkah, first you had the military victory, then you have the oil, and when you combine the two, you have an eight-day holiday. That's how, that's how Maimonides would study the Talmud. The question now is on Rashi, though. Because according to Rashi, the Talmud is saying that the, that the Yom Tif is exclusively, the holiday is exclusively for the oil miracle. Why is Rashi so single-minded? Why is Rashi so focused? Because you could have learned the Talmud like Maimonides to say that the Talmud is not being exclusive about the oil, but it's being inclusive about the oil. It's military victory plus oil equals eight-day holiday as opposed to one. Why is Rashi saying that when the Talmud asks my Hanukkah, it means on what, based on what miracle was it established, and then it only gives one of the two miracles, only the miracle of the oil, excluding the other one. Why is Rashi so myopic, so, no, it's, it's only about the oil and not about the military victory. Why, why, why is that? And here's a beautiful perspective. According to Rashi, according to Rashi's perspective, Hanukkah is a unique holiday, different than Purim, radically different than Purim. What was the objective of Haman, Haman, in the Purim story? To kill the Jews. What was the objective of the Greeks? Not to kill the Jews. It was to Hellenize Judaism. It's a different objective, different objective. We can't confuse the two. It's not a mishmash. Hanukkah and Purim are not the same holiday. Two different holidays. Trust me, two different holidays. Purim was Haman, was trying to kill the Jew. Hanukkah, the Greeks were trying to kill Judaism. Different. It's different. One is against the Jew. One is against the Judaism, the religion. The Greeks didn't like Judaism. They liked philosophy. They didn't like Judaism with all of its quirks. We love our quirks, right? But they didn't like it. The, 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 the physical threat that the Greeks posed to the Jewish people was only a byproduct of their desire to eradicate Judaism. Are you with me on what I just said? On their march to destroy Judaism, if a Jew got in the way, they would have to eliminate the Jew who was stopping them from eradicating Judaism. But that was not the end. That was the means to the end. I hope what I'm saying makes sense. Yes, their objective was getting rid of Judaism. If Jews were in the way of that, defending Judaism, well, we have to get rid of the Jews. But it wasn't about killing Jews. It was about secularizing, Hellenizing Judaism. As opposed to Haman, Haman, whose entire why and wherefore, his entire drive was to, God forbid, destroy the Jewish people as a people, even if they weren't practicing or religious. It's kind of like um, in modern times, you know, in uh, Nazi Germany, where it didn't matter if, you know, how observant or how religious you were. If you had, it, if you had the blood, that was it, right? That's uh, Hitler, Yemakshumai, did not discriminate between, between levels of observance and religiosity, etc., it wasn't about Judaism, it was about the Jew. It was about uh, the biology of the Jew. That was Purim. That's not Hanukkah. Rashi says, what was the whole point of the military victory? The whole point of the military victory was a spiritual victory anyway. You see what I'm saying? Rashi learns the whole point, the whole, I, the whole Hanukkah is a spiritual, spiritual yomtev, a spiritual holiday. Even the Syrian Greek threat 
when they defiled the temple and, 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 and harmed Jews, it was never about the physical fight. It was always about a spiritual battle, a battle of ideologies. And therefore, even the physical victory is also a spiritual victory. That's why Rashi says that the main thing is about the oil. It's not about the physical victory because it was never about a military action. It wasn't about killing the Jewish people. It was always about a spiritual, spiritual persecution and a spiritual victory. So what we have here are two camps. Two very different camps to understand Hanukkah, why we celebrate and how we celebrate. On one camp, we'll call it the Rashi camp. The Rashi camp says Hanukkah is entirely spiritual. The Greeks had a spiritual uh, uh, goal. The Jewish people repelled them spiritually. Yeah, it happened physically on the ground also, but it was about the spiritual ideology. It was a battle of ideologies that manifested also in the battlefield, but it was a battle of ideologies with the Jewish people being victorious, being able to defend their faith. And then it came to the oil, and that was further proof of the spirituality of the experience. And so how do we celebrate? Purely spiritually. Days of, uh, days of Hallel and Hodah, uh, days of um, praise and thanksgiving, and, um, and lighting menorahs. That's one camp. Spiritual. And then you have Rambam. That's the Rashi camp. And the Rambam camp is... No. You have two elements to Hanukkah. The spiritual stuff, yes. But there was a physical battle. It did hit the battlefield. And the Hasmoneans slash Maccabees, they did do guerrilla warfare. And lives were lost. And it was incredibly tense. And that also is worthy of celebrating. It's not just a step along the way toward a spiritual victory. You can't forget about the military victory also. The military victory on the way is significant. It's important. And it too must be celebrated. And how do we celebrate that? With a feast. That's according to the camp of Rambam. So, these are the two ideologies that drive Hanukkah. So how do we practice today? You Typically more along the side of Rashi, although as we noted in the Ramah, we do a bit of a hybrid. It's, a, it's mainly about the, the, the menorah and the light and the oil and the spiritual stuff, but we do sneak in latka parties and we do sneak in sukhaniyot and we do sneak in the food and we do sneak in to the physical as well because at the end of the day, the physical victory also at some point has to be noted. So here's the takeaway. And this, I think, is a powerful takeaway. This is something that you might know, something you might not know. Even after the Hasmonean victory, even after they reclaimed the temple, even after they rededicated the Beit HaMiddash and rekindled that menorah with that one small cruise of oil, you should know that the Syrian Greeks did not go away. The Syrian Greeks did not disappear. They did not retreat into the night. They were still a threat. They were still ever-present. And it took another at least six months, another half a year of continued battles and continued battles to keep on repelling the Syrian Greek threat. It's not like they folded up shop and, and said, all right, we're out. You took back your temple. We're out. That doesn't happen in war. You know how wars are. It doesn't happen. It doesn't shut down typically in one day. It's, it's a slow process, which begs the question. Why are we celebrating, according to Rambam, why are we celebrating a military victory if it wasn't a final victory? 
It was a victory, but it wasn't the final victory. And here we get to our final lesson today. In life, life is constantly a battle and constantly a struggle. And we know this. It says in Tanya that we all have a godly soul and an animal soul. And as long as these two dueling forces are duking it out inside of us, the godly soul saying, let's do a mitzvah. The animal soul saying, let's party. And not like a Hanukkah party, but the other kind of party, right? As long as we have these two, these two voices inside, life is full of battles. The Alter Rebbe writes in Tanya that you and I, we are Bainanim, aspiring Bainanim. We're trying to be a Bainanim. What's a Bainanim? Bainanim is a struggler. It's a wrestler, someone who's struggling with the two sides of self constantly. The tzaddik is someone who has no struggle anymore. Tzaddik is clear and easy, all good. But there's a few of those in the world, maybe somewhere. But you and I, we struggle. We're always struggling. And you might think to yourself, well, until I finally conquer my negative nature, there's no reason to celebrate. And you should know this is, this is psychologically something that, 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 that plagues all of us. We find ourselves hesitant to take credit for our victories, right? We find it difficult to take compliments from other people. We put ourselves down. We say, nah, it wasn't such a big deal. Or nah. Why? Because we don't feel like we're worthy. You ever hear of the phrase imposter syndrome? We've talked about it in classes before. Imposter syndrome, I'm not so worthy. I'm not so special. We tell ourselves. We put ourselves down because we feel like as long as we're still struggling, still fighting, as long as there's still tension, we haven't arrived. And if we haven't arrived, then we can't take any credit or celebration along the way. But Hanukkah tells us otherwise. According to Rambam, Hanukkah we celebrate also for the military victory that wasn't a full victory. It was a partial victory. But even partial victories need to be celebrated. Every day, every moment of every day that we're doing something positive, we need to celebrate it as a victory over the opposite of that, of that positive action that we're doing. You see, if we're waiting until we're perfect, it could be a while. And we'll rob ourselves of our ability to keep ourselves motivated and stay positive along that journey. Life is kind of like a constant, like last week we said, it's like an uphill battle constantly. We have to motivate ourselves. And you know what? Sometimes that means we stop and celebrate the little victories. Even if they're not final victories, we celebrate the little victories because you know what? The little victories are not so little. We only tell ourselves that they're little, but they're big. Every day, every moment, you wanted to say, Tsugazunt, you wanted to say, Tsugazunt, you wanted to say something not nice, but you held yourself back, that's a victory. You wanted to do something not nice, but you held yourself back. It's a victory. You helped someone out. You didn't really want to, but you, you helped someone who was in need. It's a victory. Celebrate your victories. That's the message of Hanukkah according to Rambam. Rashi would say, all right, it's, about, it's all about the light. It's all about the oil. But Rambam says it's also the military victory. But what military victory? It wasn't full. It wasn't final. That's the point. Celebrate your victories even if it's not the ultimate battle, even if, it's, even if the war is not over, even if there's still more to fight. Celebrate. Appreciate your accomplishments. 
and let that motivate you to the next thing. Unfortunately, we have this false sense of humility or maybe it's a sense, I don't know if it's humility or fear or discomfort with, with accomplishment, but we put ourselves down too much in our own heads, in our own hearts, and that robs us. Unfortunately, it robs us of the motivation that we need, the encouragement that we need to keep on pushing. I'll, I'll, I'll ask the obvious, a rhetorical question with an obvious answer, right? When do we feel more motivated? When we feel up, sorry, when are we more likely to make a good decision? When we feel up or when we feel down? Right? You know how it is. If you feel down on yourself, you're more likely to make a negative choice. You feel excited, you feel positive, you feel motivated, you feel pumped up, you make a positive choice. So in conclusion, and then I see some, some comments in the chat which I'm going to address and we'll open it for questions. In conclusion, we have different perspectives on the holiday. Camp Rashi, team Team Rashi, you got to wear your Team Rashi t-shirts for the family reunion. Team Rashi says, it's all about the light. It's all about the oil. It's all about the spirit. Even the military stuff was all about a spiritual battle. Hellenism, Hellenism Judaism, it's all about the spiritual stuff. Indulge spiritually. It's eight days of spiritual. You want the physical stuff? Come back from Purim. Come back to celebrate the, 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 the victory against Haman and all that physical stuff and have a, have a meal. But, but Hanukkah is spiritual. That's a beautiful lesson also. Sometimes we have to indulge in the pure spirit of the moment and not worry about uh, the food. But then we have Rambam, Team Rambam, Team Maimonides, right? Different color t-shirt, right? At the family reunion. And Team Rambam says, no, two, two celebrations. Number one, the military victory. We won. It was impossible odds. The small against the many, the, the weak against the mighty. It was impossible. We did it. We won. We drove them out of the temple. And then we also lit the menorah for eight, and it lasted for eight days, which was also a miracle. Team Maimonides, team, team Rambam says, we're celebrating two miracles. What's the, what's the lesson? And therefore have a meal also in addition to your spiritual celebration. And what's the message from, from Team Maimonides? Even though it's not the final victory, celebrate that victory. In life, it's been, it's been so often said that it's become cliche, but it's important. We live our life day by day, minute by minute. If we try to look to the end, it's going to be too daunting, right? If we're trying to finish everything, it seems impossible. Don't look to the end. Just look at that moment in front of you, the battle in front of you, and be strong and fight hard and conquer that obstacle right in front of you and then celebrate it and then take on the next obstacle and the next challenge. That's how we live life, moment by moment, step by step, challenge by challenge, victory by victory. We have to celebrate them all. Thank you very much for joining me tonight for Torah Studies. I hope this lesson resonated for you, and um, I hope that it's a fitting tribute, Dr. Maxi, to your, your beloved friend, Jerry, whose uh, yard site, Shana Devora, whose yard site is, is tonight. Um, all right, questions, comments, I saw... Uh, something in the chat. Bev, in both miracles, Hashem helped us only after we did Hishtadlus, after we put in our own effort. Yes, 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 yes. We have to put in the effort. That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful um, uh, point to, to enhance this point, right? We can't, in both cases, we can't sit back and say, God's got this. No, 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 no. God says, I want you to get this. I'm giving you the challenge. I'm also giving you the power. 
I want you to step into it. I want you to face it, and I want you to jump into it. So when it comes to the Greeks, don't say, God, you take care of it. No, you get the swords and the shields, get into the caves or come out of the caves, however they did it, you fight guerrilla warfare. And when it comes to the oil, you got to look for the oil. you got to put the oil in, you got to light it, and then God will take care of it also with you. But the key word there is with you, not for you. Exactly, excellent point. But again, it's step by step. If we look at the big picture, it can become too scary. You know, you wake up in the morning, you have a, a, you know, 15 things to do, and you want to just go back into bed, right? Too much. One step at a time, one challenge at a time, one task at a time. Celebrate your victories, and you'll feel good and encouraged to do the next one, to take on the next challenge. All right, other questions? Yes, Richard. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. How are you? Thank God. Good. I got a question and a comment that goes along with it. Yes. We, we hear, uh, I hear it, maybe it was said, I don't, we don't hear a lot about the fact that we were not just fighting the Greeks and the Syrian Greeks, uh, but most of who were fighting were the Jews. <laughs> the Jews yeah. almost brought up. Excellent. Then, I, I want to comment on that, but I'd also like to say that um, uh, you're talking about the physical and spiritual, we're still fighting that spiritual battle. That, that didn't go away. Just like the, just like the Greeks and Greeks didn't go away, the Hellenists go away, the whole Greek Hellenistic philosophy is very much with us today, so we're still fighting. That's 2,000 years old. Yeah. It's It's very much entrenched. Well, well stated, and I think it goes along with what Chaz and Ben was saying before, that our sages knew, at least certainly according to Team Rashi, that the timeless battle of Hanukkah is not sovereignty over Israel and the temple because at some point we lost that. We, we did lose that. So it's not about ground. It's not about real estate. It's ideas, it's ideologies. It's a battle over, over, over the soul, right? It's, it's the question. It's the question of what is our identity? Are we, are we Jews with Judaism? Or are we, you know, part of a larger society? And look, here's the deal. The challenge is never going to go away. I mean, Mashiach, right? Yeah, Mashiach. It, it, I mean, but, but until Mashiach, the challenge is not going anywhere. And that's fine. Because if there wasn't a challenge, then what would be the point? If it was easy, so then we don't need to be here, right? We don't have a day job. If it's easy, then we're out. So I, I, I'd rather have a job, by the way, than not have a job. I'm just, I'm just saying, of the two options, I'll stay employed with a purpose here. I, I don't mind having that purpose, even if it's the same one for the last 2,000 years. And that is... That, yeah, we have to fight the fight. And it's not, it's not about me versus you. Whether it's me versus you, the out one, or the, or the, in, the, the outside enemy, the internal. It's not about me versus you. It's me versus me. That's what it really is. Forget about, it's not, it's not Jew on Greek. It's not Jew on Jew. It's me on me. That's where the battle is. The battle never changed. The battle always is inside. The battle is today, right now. How, what's my head? What's my head filled with? Is it filled with something positive and something holy, something worthy of, of my brain? Or is it filled with narishkeit? How do you translate narishkeit in, in English? Um, nonsense. 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 What's it filled? What are we thinking about? Right? What, what, what are we doing? Are we occupying ourselves with, 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 with meaningful things? Or Listen, I'm not saying don't have fun. Have fun. But have fun in a responsible way. No, I'm kidding. Have fun in... I mean, I'm not, not kidding, but... I mean, I'm not, whatever. So here's the point. Too many disclaimers. Here's the point. It's not about Jew versus Greek 
or uh, Maccabee versus um, uh, Hellenized Jew. Nah, it's me versus me. It's godly soul, animal soul, and it's never changed. It's, it's never changed. That's always been the battle. It's me versus me. It's my Nefesh Kiz versus my Nefesh Bahamas. It's my Yetzir Tov against my Yetzir Hara. And I'm giving the Hebrew words for basically my higher self versus my lower self. That's the battle, and it's never changed. And that's a spiritual battle. The physical battle is who gets first in the buffet. But we know we're elbows. That's why God created elbows. God created elbows so that we can get to the front of that smorg and get the good stuff while the getting's good. Because you know that the only way to get that good stuff is if you are first. That's the truth. If you're, if you're in the back of the line, you know that by the time you get around to what you want, you're going to have the part that no one got to because it didn't even look like it was, it was even there. Anyway, I only kid about the food part. I, I felt like we should honor Rambam with a little bit of food talk as well. So we made a food joke. But anyway, look, bottom line is you're right. In the story of, in the, in the original OG story of Hanukkah, there was a fierce internal battle. There were many Jews who said, you know what? What's wrong with the Greeks? What's wrong? What's wrong with Aristotle? What's wrong? Well, I don't know if he was around then, but whatever. But what's, what's wrong with, uh, with, with, with uh, I, I, I like all things Greek. I like a Greek salad. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that, um, right? Feta cheese, uh, olives, right? Whatever. There's nothing wrong with uh, with with Greek. A- and there was there was a there was a big battle. There was a big battle. Yes, there was a big battle of uh, with, with within the Jewish community. But look, it's not about it's not about uh, 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 yes that happened. But it's really not about anything outside of ourselves. It's all about it's all about inside. It's about staying focused and knowing this. It says in Pergeavot, we're not going to finish the job. However, but we can't stop moving forward. We may not finish the job, but we have to keep on moving forward. That is why we are here. And when you're trying to finish a job, it's going to be too daunting anyway. And the moment you slip up, you'll be like, ah, oh, I messed up. I'm done. No. Moment by moment. Yeah. Step by step. Step by step, in this moment, what am I doing now? And if I mess up, I have another opportunity the next moment. All right. Make sense? All right. Um, let, me, uh, let me wish you all a happy Hanukkah. And I want to wish you a, a, a Hanukkah filled with the greatest of blessings, filled with the greatest light. And as we celebrate Hanukkah, let us remember both messages. Number one. Spread the light. Number two, fight those victories and celebrate even the small. Nothing, nothing is small. Celebrate even the seemingly small victories because they too are oh so important. All right. Uh, may this class be, be a, good, a good tribute to Shana Devora and her neshama. And may she be indeed um, blessed on high, and we always we always note that, her, that on a yard site that the neshama should have an aliyah, which means that uh, the the soul should rise to an even higher place, and in that place, advocate for good blessings for uh, for those that are that are that are still here below. All right, and and let us take the the joy and the light of Hanukkah into our lives, and let's integrate these uh, these days of celebration. All right, great to see you all tomorrow. Uh, what do we have tomorrow? Tomorrow is tomorrow. Daily Power Parsha. Tanya tomorrow night. 
the holiday rolls on. Okay, good to see everybody. Take care. Thank you. Chanukah Sameach. Thank you. Bye, everybody.